listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. This is the Rainmaking Podcast, and my name is Scott Love, your host, and thanks for joining me on the show today. Imagine that you're with an organization that provides you marketing support, that helps open up doors for you, that even might give you resources to connect you with opportunities. The one thing that they can't do, though, for you is to have your personal brand. That's something that you own and you take responsibility for. And today we're going to give you ideas on how you can take your personal brand and really create that to drive sales. And our guest is Kelly Shutrop. Now, we have people from all different industries that listen to this show, but the one thing they have in common, most of them are in professional services. They're rainmakers. So Kelly comes from the marketing side of things for the staffing and recruiting industry with a company called Parka. She's the vice president of sales of, at Parka. Even though their focus is in an industry that might not be similar to yours, still pay attention to this show because she's got some great insights that I think are going to help you learn how you can drive sales because of your, what you do with your personal brand. Also, check out the show notes and connect with Kelly on LinkedIn, and I'd highly recommend following her and seeing what she does. In fact, she's one of those people where if you just observe what she does with her own brand and how she promotes her own company, you're going to get some pointers and some tips just through observation. Now, as always, this show is sponsored by Leopard Solutions Legal Intelligence Suite of Products, Firmscape, and Leopard Business Intelligence. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. Thanks for listening. Without any further ado, here's Kelly Shutrop. Hey, this is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. Today, our guest is Kelly Shutrop. And today, we're going to talk about creating a personal brand to drive sales. Kelly, thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks so much, Scott. Happy to be here. Yeah, so I've been following you on LinkedIn for quite some time, and that kind of seems to be the watering hole for people in business, the water cooler, so to speak, where we all kind of hang out. And you are a credentialed expert in personal branding, and I like the title where it's not just personal branding, it's personal branding to drive sales, what's going to get everybody's attention, right? right. So, so let me start with some definitions. When you talk about personal branding, I think I have an idea what that means, but how would you describe that to our audience today? Yeah, good question, Scott. So when we're talking about this particular topic of how to drive sales through personal branding, it all comes down to who are you and what value can you add to your audience? Right. So personal brand can be everything from how you're represented in your LinkedIn profile and your company's bio page, how you show up to the world day-to-day in conversations. But for this particular conversation, it's how you show up online, right? In this right. in this new era after the pandemic, during the pandemic. So much business is conducted that way and across the country and beyond. Uh, So it really is how you show up to the world. And I'd like to kind of get your ideas on strategies. And I'll give you an example of what not to do. A complete stranger reaches out to me. Let's connect on LinkedIn. I do. And the next thing I get is a request for time on their calendar to sell me something. There's got to be a better strategy. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah. You know, when it comes to connecting with people on LinkedIn, I take one of two strategies and I recommend these. One is if it's actually somebody that you've seen speak somewhere, present somewhere, maybe they were one of five people on a call that you were recently on, you know, fill in the blank. Obviously, you can do more of a personal connection, let them know, like to be a part of your network, interested in chatting more. But of course, on the approach where you're building your network 
in your industry and in the place that you serve. Mm-hmm. Uh, the approach that I take is more, hey, I see that you are also passionate about this space. I'd love to be connected to you. And then I leave it. Right. I, I leave it. You know, I then maybe a few weeks later, if it's someone I'm intrigued to get in conversation with, then I'll ping them and say, hey, are you interested in chatting? But at that point, in theory, they've seen some things that I've posted. I'm not, I'm not asking them right. to do anything. I just want to stay in touch with them and we may be able to offer each other value in the future. So do you have certain targets where you say, these are people I want to get to know when you reach out to them, or is it just anybody that fits a certain profile? What, what do you usually do with that? Sure. Yeah. I would say, and, and my whole background is in marketing, right? So right. if I put my marketing hat on, it comes back to your ICP or your ideal customer profile. So obviously LinkedIn is wide and vast and just like any other social platform, there's a purpose behind it. And the purpose really is business and networking, whether it's for the future role for you to work with candidates, to work with clients, fill in the blank. So for me, I've dropped back to who would I want to work with? Right. And if this is someone by title, by company type, by fill in the blank, then I will reach out to them. I have other people that reach out to me that might not fit that ICP, but I'm still happy to build my network there. And so tell me about this ICP, ideal customer profile. What does that mean exactly? Yeah. So I would assume, I venture to assume everybody listening to this podcast is in some way or another in B2B, probably service-based, and you are looking to drive sales through your personal brand. And so you have companies in mind who would make an ideal customer for you. And then there's buyer personas within those companies who would actually interact with you. So an ICP is really defined by what is that target company? You know, what is the revenue? Where are they located? What is their industry? Fill in the blank, right? Who makes that ideal customer for you? And then Mm -hmm. who are the people within that that are the decision makers? So that's what I view the lens through. Okay, that's great. And so are those the buyer personas when you think of the decision makers within the customer profile? Do you kind of drill it down that way? Yeah, there's a few different flavors this takes within marketing. But generally speaking, the ideal customer profile is the entity like the company itself. And then the buyer persona is the the CEO or the managing director or the division leader, whatever that would be. I see. So when you're doing this and you're building your personal brand, you want to get sales. Are you strategically thinking about who are those buyer personas going to be for specific organizations? Or is it just in general, a buyer Mm -hmm. persona for any of these types of companies? How do you recommend most people do it? Sure, sure. I'll give you an example. So let's say you partner with companies that are 50 million and above. Mm-hmm. And there is a, you know, VP of technology or fill in the blank at that size company. Well, there also may be similar companies that are $2 million companies that have the same role. You can certainly connect with that person, but if that company can't be a client for you, you may not intentionally drive after that size of company. So right. it isn't just the title, it's also could this be a good fit for what I can support them with in the future? Mm -hmm. But all of the above is good to grow your network, but just from a direct, when you think about it through the sales lens, you want it to be the people that you'd like to get in front of. I like that strategic focus. I think there's a lot of wisdom with that where you're very clear, you're very intentional and deliberate about who you're going after. What are some of the big problems that you've seen that mistakes that people make with personal branding? What are some of the pitfalls they should avoid? What are some of your thoughts about that in general, about personal branding? Yeah, you know, if you come to mind right away, one is actually being completely dark online. You know, historically, so many B2B service-based industries have relied on one-to-one conversations and, you know, jumping out to 
this association meeting or that conference or, you know, golfing together, you know, fill in the blanks. But with so much being virtual now, if you don't have an online presence, you're missing that opportunity to meet people. So I would say the first pitfall I see is people who, of course, have a LinkedIn profile are probably doing outbound prospecting through LinkedIn, but have never posted or post so infrequently or what they are posting is very generic and not mm-hmm. really having a personality online. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. And I think that's the most common. I can say I've been reached out to a number of times in the last year by companies saying, you're applying your marketing mindset and your marketing career history to your sales role. Do you want to talk about a sales role here? Right. So, so it's actually a means of being recruited as an individual. Right. The brand has visibility, but even beyond that, if you're not visible, what is that credibility to your potential buyer? So likewise, another pitfall I see is when people only talk about themselves. And this is something that for me personally, there's so many fun things I do and I'm involved in, you know, committees and podcasts and webinars and presentations that I have that inner struggle of, man, I want to post about this, but have I given back enough? Like, you know what I mean? Like, are my last three posts just about things that I'm excited about that I'm doing? Or am I positioning them in a way of, hey, if you'd like to learn more about topic XYZ, I'll be here sharing that. Right. So kind of that give and take, you know, things that you're excited about, but also things that will help to support them in the industry and celebrate what others are doing. Do you think that there's a balance to that? What if I had won an award? What if I was number one out of a hundred? And here's my humble brag. I'm honored to have kicked everybody else's tail and I'm number one out of out of a hundred. <laughs> Should I yeah. post that? How, how do you recommend, uh, what do you think about that? What do you think about people posting about their achievements and all that? I think it's great. I think it's actually very important. There's a huge place for that. You know, if I, and think about social media strategies for companies, there really is a good recipe of value add, customer testimonials, Mm -hmm. direct things of here's what we can do. There's usually a mix, right? When you follow a company that's doing a good job and it's the same with your personal brand. So if you look at my profile, you will absolutely see, I just got nominated for this award and I'm really excited about it. And it, in order to be recognized, potentially people need to vote. So yeah, this is the one for the American Staffing Association, right? Uh, for World Staffing Summit. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, thank Congratulations, you. So, by the way. Sure, thank you. There's a lot of really great people nominated. And so something like that is that good balance of, okay, no one will know about it unless I talk about it. Right. But I also want to shout out other great people that are being nominated, right? So I think it's very important to celebrate your wins because to the point of everything we're talking about, if your buyer is considering one of five people to talk to, start the conversation with, and somebody's dark on LinkedIn, someone they've never heard of their brand, and then someone they see everywhere, who are they going to start that conversation with? Yeah. yeah. Right? So I definitely think there's room to have those exciting moments of humble brag, but also shout out what other people are doing in the industry or share an article that someone else wrote, you know, try to make it not only centralized around what you're producing. And that's, like I said, that's where I have that conundrum because I also host fireside chats every month. And every other week we do learn with Parka where we share marketing tips to staffing firm leaders. And so I produce and I'm involved in a lot of content and it's that balance of what's my positioning, right? Is it just, I'm here to talk about me or is it, I'm here to give you insight as my audience. So for professional services firms, it's more than one person. Usually who should be responsible for posting and creating content and sharing information? Should it be just the director of business development? Should it be that person plus the CEO or all the people that 
work in the basement counting the money, wearing the green eye shades? Who should it who right. should it be? Right. You know, I think it depends on what the objective is. If the objective on the most, you know, core to each individual is your own career progression, everybody should be posting. You know, yeah. if you're a year into your what fill in the blank role and you have no sales or leadership role, but you still want to have visibility and have people see what you're doing and be recruited in the future, it's still valid. But when you're talking about overall company representation, typically the biggest driver is someone in that, you know, client facing forward facing sales role or the owner depends on the the size of company. But I would say as long as you've got at least one, if not a couple people throughout your organization that are acting as the face, so to speak, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You'll get such better visibility for your organization and what you're doing than if you're relying on all outbound methods. And to that point, Parka, you know, over the years, we've created a brand and it originally started by running LinkedIn ads to people who we knew we could support. And over the last year and a half plus, we haven't run LinkedIn ads asking for people to sign up to have a conversation because we receive so many inbound inquiries you know, and we're, we're a digital marketing company. So I would compare yeah. it in a lot of ways to a lead that a recruiter might get just in terms of volume. You know, we see three to five a week of people that have seen mm-hmm. us somewhere speak. And so it starts flipping it on its head of how can I justify spending time on my personal brand? Well, your company is probably very eager to support that if they no longer have to invest dollars in the outbound. Right. Traditional means, right? So yeah, a lot of interesting thoughts there. That makes, that <laughs> that makes sense. So what do you think about posting personal information, such as, I remember when the crisis first started, moved my office back home. I'll never forget this. I had my camera and I was filming my dog that came and laid down in her dog bed. And then our cat came down and laid right next to her. My dog and my cat are just cuddling. It's so, so sweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I put that on LinkedIn and it probably got about 150 likes. What do you think? Yeah. Is that is that something we should be thinking of LinkedIn as a place to post cat photos now? <laughs> right, right. No, good question. So my quick answer is, I think it's fine. I think it's mm-hmm. important to integrate your personal life. I do think it all comes back to your, your objective. You know, if you are ultimately selling to and needing to impress an audience that is incredibly buttoned up, that wouldn't appreciate that. That's something to view it through that lens. Whereas if your audience appreciates just the human, the human side, I think it's great. And and we've all seen the spectrum, right? Like when it gets to be too much, but I post, I post things that are personal from, from time to time. And it does, it, it really, it just helps people get a glimpse into your life beyond what's happening professionally. And do you think there's, is there any sort of formula when we look at what we should be posting on LinkedIn, what we should put about ourselves on our profiles? What are your thoughts in terms of general suggestions to people if they wanted to clean up their profile on LinkedIn? Are there certain things that they should be looking for uh, when they're putting that information on their profile? Yeah, that that's a really, really good question. So, I mean, we could spend hours here, but just at a, at a high level, if we go top to bottom through a LinkedIn profile, when you think about that LinkedIn cover page, a lot of people at this level, right? If, if you've been experiencing your career, usually have something that's professional, but if you don't, that's very important. Headshots are usually not a problem in our industry. People are pretty buttoned up there. Your tagline, right? Your header. There's a lot of opportunity there to be creative beyond here's my title. Like maybe share some things about how you how you support your industry or if you're involved in boards, things like that. And then as you continue going down, when you think about that summary section, they can see your career path. They know, you know, whoever they are, whoever's looking at your profile, they can see what your title is. 
I prefer to see that section talk about the narrative. Why are you doing what you're doing? Like, why is it intriguing to you? Why are you passionate? Because people like to talk to right. passionate people. So there's a way to fit both. You know, like, here's the story of how I got into this. This is how I help people now. Let's talk. That's great. So how often should we be thinking about this? If somebody is a busy recruiter or a busy lawyer, should they be on LinkedIn once a day? Should they try to re, like reshare something at least once a day? What, what are your thoughts about that, about the frequency? Yeah, yeah. And I run into this too. I mean, just like everybody listening, my schedule is packed and I've got you know, an inbox full of emails that I, I want to get back to rather than posting because I want to respect that, you know, the conversation I'm in right now. My goal personally is posting something original twice a week. And okay, that's great. Yeah. And I recommend having just a running list on your desktop, you know, pull up a Word doc, just keep it saved of ideas. And this could be, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a slew of them just from the last few months for me. On the personal side, you could say, oh, wow, I do Peloton and I just got my recap email and I'm seeing everybody talk about their goals for the year. This is a great opportunity for me just to talk about how to stay motivated, right? And right. this and, and how I'm wrestling with that. Or on the on the professional side, if you're invited to a podcast or if you're attending a conference, you know, you don't even have to be a speaker, but just write down ideas of things you're involved in. And then I would say aim for a couple times a week. There are certainly people that are active every single day or multiple right. times a day. For me, I try to do a few targeted ones where I'm really digging in deep and creating something that I think will be interesting and engaging with my audience. Right. Um, but as far as being on LinkedIn, I think that depends on your role. If you are in a role like a recruiter where essentially business development is a part of every single moment, every single day mm -hmm. on the client and the candidate side versus if you're an attorney or uh, in some other sales role, it just looks a little bit different. So I am on LinkedIn on and off throughout every day, but in part because I'm getting I'm getting messages. So I'm treating it as my inbox and I'm commenting on replies that come in through my posts. And so I would say at minimum, be on there once a day, checking your notifications and actively commenting. Try to comment three times a day on other things people are doing because actually without getting too nerdy and technical, <laughs> the more you are active, the better your posts will perform in an algorithm of LinkedIn. So if you, studies have shown that if you go out and you're commenting and then you post, it's more likely to show up in those people and similar people's networks. And if people are posting comments on your recent post and you go in and reply, that helps significantly. Whereas if you post and nobody comments for a couple hours, it just may stop showing it because oh, wow. LinkedIn has so much information to share. <laughs> like, you know, everyone you follow and you're connected with can't possibly be in one newsfeed as you scroll. And so it has to prioritize. And so the more you can rally your community to engage. That's why, you know, tagging people is important, but the more people interact, the more ripple effects. That's a great idea. Those are great ideas. So let's just say we want to make contact with someone. You gave a couple of examples. Let's say this is someone that we know is within our, what did you call it? The ICP, the ideal yeah. customer profile. Yeah. And that person, he or she is one of the buyer personas that we've identified within our ideal customer profile. And there's this, they're a stranger. We've never met them before. Right. Yep. We might have some shared connections. What, what are a couple of the ways that we should reach out to them so that the likelihood is high that they'll connect with us and, and possibly engage with us later on? Yeah, yeah. So I'd say there's a couple really key ways. One would be obviously customizing the message. You know, don't just connect. You got to be really careful, especially if you're on your phone uh, because you have to go into a different like little drop down setting to be able to have the option to customize. 
But I, I would encourage you to say something, even if it's, I see you've got a great background in XYZ. I love connecting with people like that. Look forward to being part of your network. It's right. not an ask. It's just, hey, this is why we're relevant to each other. But another really nice way is as soon as you do that, or even before you do that, look to see if they've posted anything. Everybody's got that activity section on their profile. You know, you, you scroll past, uh, I believe it's just right below the summary section and you can see what they've posted recently. Right. How much more engaged was some would someone be if you commented on one of their recent posts? So they're oh, seeing your name in the inbox, but they're also seeing you engage with content that they want people to see, right? So yeah. those are a couple of ways that I see really helping that. Um, likewise, if they're speaking or doing something like that, that's a perfect opportunity. Hey, it looks like you just got a promotion. Hey, it looks like you're speaking here. That's great. Look forward to connecting. Those are great ideas. And so when we talk about driving sales, when is the right time to pitch? When do we know that we have earned enough within, and I always give the example of the emotional bank account. I've got enough deposits in there. Yep. They liked an article. I quoted them. I retweeted their thing or re- reshared their thing. And oh, and there's another common connection. Now I think I'm ready to make a pitch. And here's the windup and here's the pitch. Well, how do we know it's the right time to make a pitch yeah. to come out with an ask? Right. And here's the curveball I'll throw you. I have a very different philosophy on this. There are so many companies in theory that you can work with and buyers that you can work with that if you're continually putting these connections out, and writing content and maybe, you know, once a month sending something to the, the individuals as a very soft pitch that says, hey, I recently wrote an article on XYZ, thought you might find it interesting. Yeah. And, and maybe there is no ask. There is no ask. Like you're, you're making yourself known to them. That is actually where I see the most engagement is people yeah. that have said, huh, I've seen you. And then they come to you. And, and can you imagine just that, that level of conversation when somebody opts in and says, Scott, I've been seeing you everywhere. Let's have a conversation versus you yeah. taking them. So, so yes, there's an opportunity to say, hey, I see what you're doing here. I would love to sit down and chat. Um, I would encourage people to keep that to one, one message because we've all gotten those where you're on a series of messages <laughs> and it's clearly automated. And in a week, you're getting three messages and they all have a scheduling link. They're all asking you the hard ask, like, let's book a demo. And, and you tend to ignore that if it's not relevant. And right. so I think a couple of weeks later to answer your direct question, to just say, I see what you're doing. But honestly, if it's like spot on and they've connected with you, there's no harm in just saying, hey, this is what I do. Let me know if you'd be interested in a conversation. Right. I wouldn't hound them. Yeah, I think that's a really good approach, Kelly. And you're absolutely right. It's much more powerful when they reach out to you to say, I've been reading about your information. Let's find out more. I think you might be able to help me. Yeah. And yeah, it, you know, that's it, exciting. It's a longer term approach to developing the relationship. And it's not a scarcity mindset. It's not the mindset of there's only three people out here. It's different if you're a recruiter and you need to find a candidate. Like this, <laughs> this, this in my Today, mind, right. right. I'm talking <laughs> more like longer process, B2B sales, right? Like, like building relationships, Absolutely. building rapport. Like there are so many opportunities, like like make deposits and and the right people will find you and you can certainly be direct in your ask, especially once they've gotten to know you and seen you in their feed. That's great. Well, Kelly, you've got some great ideas you shared with us. If we wanted to synthesize this and summarize it in three action steps so that people can get started on this, what would you recommend? Yeah, yeah. So I'd recommend uh, the following three things. One would be reposition your LinkedIn profile. Talk about why you are an expert and what you do 
and why people would want to chat with you. You know, you could check out my profile. There's a lot of people that do a really good job of this. Like, what is your header? What is your summary? Does it all play into if you want to get into a conversation with someone? Will they look at your profile and say, wow, they they own this space. They specialize in this space. So one, reposition your, your LinkedIn profile to tell the narrative. Great, good. Uh, two, start producing content. Even if it's one post a week, do or die, no matter what, starting now or, you know, hosting, for example, I host fireside chats, invite someone like, like Scott, you did with me, invite someone to have a conversation about something that's relevant to your audience. Right. And let Uh, me ask you about this. What's better, just a post or an article where you write an article and publishes as an article, which one gets more views, which one is more efficient and effective? Yeah. You know, I, I started toying around with articles at this point, almost God, it feels like it was probably eight or 10 years ago. They've been out for a long time. I don't see them as popular. I have yeah. seen people publish their own newsletters through LinkedIn. Just, just mm-hmm. a few seem to be doing that. That's always mm-hmm. intriguing because it hits my mm-hmm. inbox if I'm subscribed. But I would say posts is where it's at right now. Yeah. It doesn't mean you shouldn't write your article. But from a marketer standpoint, I would rather see you write the article and have it on your website and get SEO value and then link link to that. One other note, um, this is, again, all the nerdy technical things, but best practices would be if you're posting a link off of LinkedIn, at least for now, put it in the comments because LinkedIn's algorithm does not like pointing people off their oh, that's platform. Right. So that's in why, you, that's why that's you a good... see a lot of people say, see link in comments. That's sneaky. Good for you. Yeah. And, and that's why, because LinkedIn says, like, we want people here, but they are also trying to get people to get value. So yeah. take um, that LinkedIn, take that. <laughs> the goal is to offer value, right? And the more right. we're doing that, the more people come back to their platform. <laughs> so one, reposition your LinkedIn profile. Two, start producing content. And three, pitch to your industry. So for example, I provide digital marketing solutions to large staffing firms, mid to large staffing firms. And so there are a variety of associations like the American Staffing Association or TechServe Alliance or you know, fill in the blanks. Everybody has their industry associations that have opportunities that are looking for webinars that are looking for volunteers on committees. So I would say get involved because that by default will give your personal brand more, more legs. It'll help you get in front of more people, but it also provides the value. Like that's to me, that's what this all comes back to. The reason in creating a personal brand to drive sales is how to make your value known by giving back to your audience. And that's what starts coming back. Like that, that's why most of our conversations and most of our revenue comes from people that have seen us in and around places and engage the conversation first or get referred to us because someone saw us like that. That's why I'm passionate about this topic is because we've seen it work really well for us. And I've seen it work for a variety of companies. Absolutely. And that's what led me to reach out to you, Kelly. And thank you for being here today. But before we go, tell us about the offerings that your company has that you want our listeners to know about with Parka. Yeah, definitely. So Parker was actually created within an executive search and consulting firm. So our roots go very deep in this space. I've been a part of this family of companies coming up on 10 years. And what Parker does is we support typically mid to large level staffing firms that are looking to really become the staffing firms of the future. So people looking to solve enterprise level problems, we come in and we are a performance and technology strategy company. So tangibly, that looks like helping you Define your ideal customer profiles, building out a marketing strategy, establishing a strong brand, and then marketing and technology implementation like SEO, paid content creation, marketing automation. How do your tools align? So we are a team of digital marketers that understand this industry and are looking to help elevate it. That's great, Kelly. 
Well, thank you so much for being here on the show. We're going to put all the links in your own LinkedIn profile on the show notes. So everybody that's listening, make sure you check that out. And thanks again for being here, Kelly. We'll have you back on here on our show in the future. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com. Thank you.